Move Over Uno and Monopoly Deal. There's a new card game in town. Today on the show, we have Shishi and Devin with us. They're the creators of But Honestly, the card game designed to facilitate honest conversations and invite vulnerability. It's like truth or dare, but with a little more truth, a little less dare, and a whole other level of secrets. Hi, I'm Sulin. And I'm Kesso. Let's go. Darwin, welcome to the Recess Podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, thank you. We are so happy you agreed to do this. I'm so excited for some vulnerable conversations. Um, wait, before I want to dive into any questions, how do you guys come up with this name, but honestly, like what's the story idea behind this? I wish I can tell you like a very like amazing story idea, right? But it's basically, we were just coming like back and forth in our WhatsApp group, like what should we call it? And I was like, oh, but honestly, what, like, what about that? And we just thought like it just really encompasses the heart behind the game. And it's very catchy and easy to remember. But also people always get it mixed up. They're like, be honest, honest hour, <laughs> honest what? No. But like, you know, it's a, it's a common phrase people say all the time. Yeah. So, so your mission was to encourage um, vulnerable and open conversations. Why do you think a card game would be a good medium for this, for, I mean, for the Malaysians, the Malaysian culture? Yeah, I think we like to play games or like we like to, like it's a very fun and like an intimidating way to start a conversation. You know, it's a little pack that you can bring everywhere. So you want to play it in a cafe, you can bring it to play it with your friends. You know, you want to go over to a friend's place, you can do that. So it's very unassuming and like, it's not scary. Like, you know, sometimes when we talk about vulnerable conversations, we can get very terrified of that. So I think this is a very chill way to start that. Yeah, I think like empathy in the box is like just butt on the seat deck, right? So you can bring it everywhere. You can bring it back and you can just pull it out and, you know, yeah, just play with your friends right on the spot. It's just really, really cool. And I think that's the best idea we can ever have to have a card game. I love that. Big things come in small packages. So speaking of the big things that come in the small packages, how do you guys come up with the questions and the prompts? Like what is your creative process like? Yeah, I believe that, that um, what we did was, you know, we were looking at, you know, how the successful ones did it, which was uh, uh, WNRS. We're not really strangers, right? And then we have a few more others, right? So we took that idea and then we like, how, how did how did it become so successful, right? So uh, for me as a researcher, we uh, I, I took it as a, the definition of empathy itself. What is empathy, right? So we took the definition, we made it into a tangible card game and that's how we came up with honesty. Yeah, and so like, the questions were, you know, we just like every, because we are all not based in the same place. So when we started this game, Davian was in Kuching, I was in KL, um, my co-founder, Sarah, she's in London. So we'll meet on Zoom every week and just test out questions. Like, do we like this question? We would add, basically, we just play our, our team meetings. So we just play the game, you know, just like making yeah. the questions are good or not. Yeah. Yeah, I love card games like this. Uh, my first one was actually, we're not really strangers. It was like a big thing and their marketing was amazing. And it actually helped um, me and my friends like develop deeper connections and like conversations. But to be honest, like games like this, I find it hard to play with my family members. My little sister was like, hey, why not we play today, today with our parents and sister? I'm like, oh, I'm not really ready for this conversation with my family. And as the creators of these games, like what are some conversations you find it hard to talk about with your family? <laughs> I love it, I love it. Yeah, a, a lot. It's like you can lot. do it with yeah, your yeah. friends, no? But like, my Asian family, oh, I'm not okay. sure. My Asian parents are going to judge me. <laughs> I think number one, it's definitely SEX talk, right? 
Um, it's so hard, you know, to bring out to your parents. And um, number two, we have uh, expectations, right? So Asian families, you know, like, well, doctors, engineers, no, I'm just joking. Like, this is just a stereotype <laughs> of it, right? Yeah, so yeah, like, you know, yeah. Asian parents, like, they're always pushing you to do something, expectations yeah. that you just don't really know. And the last, I think, uh, would be mental health. Yeah. The sad part yeah. about it, yes. And it's very, very hard to open up to parents about that. Yeah. But honestly, as the creators, like, so far, have you played it with your, tried it out with your family members or maybe siblings, perhaps? So I've tried to play a bit with my parents. Um, I'm not gonna lie, it was it was, it was really yeah, weird. Scary. All the questions you like, even my parents are hesitant to share with me, right. you know, because oh, I think wow. my parents they want to have a very parental image, yep. so yes, they have yes. it all together. They don't want to share their like weaknesses or when they used to do all these like you know bad stuff. They don't want me to know that part of their lives. Um, but um, it has been very refreshing just to like know them in a deeper level and also you know we do intend to create a family deck so questions that are very intentional for families to answer I think that would it's something that we really need in Asian culture and I think that would really help start the conversation because it's meant to be played with your family and your parents yeah I played it with my I played with my dad and uh, it turned out to be a teaching moment in the end so I not <laughs> Not really so a that's why it, you have to create the uh, parental <laughs> dad. Yes, that's why we're creating the parents that yes, became a teaching moment. Okay. I, not good at all, yeah. Uh, try and test that you have to have like different editions like for couples and best friends and families you know we want to be open about secrets but we also need to be careful about who knows which secrets (laughs) (laughs) okay so that sounds like a challenge and you guys have been very successful your kickstarter campaign has more than double its goals what is the biggest challenge you faced at this point like up to this point logistics just logistics. not good enough, is it? <laughs> no, it's just so hard. Like, I think one of the things that we, uh, I think one of the questions that we got was like, why is it so expensive for shipping? Yeah. Right, and it's so tough for us to like answer that question, right? So it's like, you know, going somewhere you need twenty pounds, and some of them say, "Oh, it's more expensive than that." It's like, it's not really something that we can have a control of it over as well. So, and uh, I think one of the thing, the other challenges would be like, you know, packaging, stickers, you know, uh, putting it all together. Yeah. This is all like very new to us. We've never done this before. You know, we we we're not in the card game industry or anything. Um, and also because we ship worldwide, that's why shipping is so expensive. Um, but yeah, printing the card game, making sure it's um, you know, looking good. Like, okay, this example, this is our filled prototype, and there's this random blue line here, right? Which is not what we wanted. And so we've printed so many filled prototypes and so many filled boxes. Um, so that has been a challenge. You know, we 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 want to create something that's like good quality. But how do we do that without um, spending, you know, beyond our budget? Yeah. Wait, I have one question here. So what do you guys do like as your real full-time job? This is like a fun little project that is very successful, but what's your day-to-day job? Um, We're both teachers, actually. Yeah, and we both teach in the same school, but that's not how we met. That's not how we met. Yeah, yeah, so we both teach secondary school. Are you going to play this with your students as well? Yeah, actually I have. So when I was creating the product, I was testing it with my students, you know, in class, like I would just come up, you know, one question and start a conversation. And it's very surprising the, th- the things they tell me, um, like kids also struggle with mental health. Kids also have a lot of issues that we kind of think like, yeah, you're so young, you don't have these kind of struggles. So it was a good um, way for me to bridge the gap between me and them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I tried one as well. Uh, I took the, what is the expectations of family members, that one? 
yeah, so I, I play with my friends and um, I mean the students. I, I call them my friends, so it's a bit weird for me. <laughs> so, what a good yeah, teacher. And, and, and really, uh, it's really resonate with what she said, right? So they, they have things that just unspoken, right? So much hurt down there. And then I, I was opening a padlet and just writing things down. I'm like, whoa, I just want to hug you, man. Like, this is so mm-hmm. hard, yeah. I think you guys are easily the favorite teachers of your of your school at this point. <laughs> like, okay, this, so yeah, these teachers bring in card games and let us talk about mental health. I think I like them. I don't know. Lah. <laughs> okay, so um, I know that, you know, inhibitions are kind of a thing. You want to kind of protect your own secrets, uh, watch out for your image and things like that. So I feel like this kind of game that, you know, encourages vulnerability and the spilling of secrets, it's kind of like, I don't know, to me, I feel like it's a game that's best played when you're a little bit tipsy, when your inhibitions are kind of like, you know halfway out the door what do you think is this a game that's designed for like drunk parties or something like that i think this game is designed for all occasions whether you're sober or drunk you want to play in the am or in the pm you know it's designed um for that and i think it's very intentional in creating that safe space and that um place for honest conversations um without me without needing like an external factor and so i think what i really want to replicate is that like um, you know, like 2 a.m. conversations, I want to be able to replicate that in the afternoon, in the morning, you know, and I've learned that vulnerability happens when someone is willing to talk. It doesn't, you don't really need that right atmosphere. It's like in our minds, you know, oh, we can only talk about it at night when we are like half asleep, I almost want to sleep at it and then we can share. Um, but I want to be able to encourage this kind of culture um, anytime, anywhere. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So once that she said about like, you know, bringing 2 a.m. compositions to the afternoon, it exactly represents alcohol. Because uh, <laughs> I really feel that alcohol, this is not something, it's not an excuse, mm. right? To share a hard story. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it is like, you know, getting into a fight and be like, oh, I blame me on the alcohol, right? This doesn't, it doesn't make sense at all. And I believe that um, for personally, uh, I'm a psychologist, I'm a psychology major. <laughs> so I actually had this uh, recent study on, a psycho- uh, on alcohol where they really found out that alcohol is just, your moral values are still the same. You're still the same person with or without alcohol. And I truly believe that like, without alcohol, Meaningful conversations. It's just so good with, but honestly, so better play <laughs> when your mind is clear. Yep. So that's good. Yeah. Sorry. But yeah, yeah. If you want to play it drunk, feel free. <laughs> yes. Yes. It might be more fun. Oh, it, it, yeah, it depends. <laughs> no limitations. Um, what, what have you guys learned? I mean, what is one thing you have learned about yourself throughout the creation of this project? Oh, I love this That's a question. You should like give the question for the question. That's a good one. The 2.0, you can hire Castle to help yeah, you grab the questions. <laughs> I think for me, it was a very reflective experience. Like I thought I was vulnerable and I was creating a product about vulnerability, but I realized I wasn't. Wow. Um, it was very hard for me because I was like, I felt so hypocritical, hypocritical at one point, you know, like, a lot of things I wanted to talk about, you know, when I was testing this product with my friends and my family, it was so hard for me myself to share because I wanted to protect my image. I don't want to like seem weak or seem like too bad or, you know, like I don't want to show that side of myself. So it really challenged myself to get out of the comfort zone um, to talk about these kind of things. Yeah, I think for me it would be, um, I've always, always been a person that shares and overshares. I feel like, oh, I've been oversharing. Um, but what if like, you know, what if we can create a card game? Oh, what if, through this process, I'd be like, you know, the right questions to ask and the right things to say, you know, you don't overspill everything, right? And I truly believe that like, this is such a, 
good opportunity for myself even to, you know, think about what to share, right? And especially like when, you know, the prompts come out, I'd be like, wow, um, yeah, this is something uh, that I can share, right? So it really helps to reflect, uh, to reflect uh, yeah. Uh, Kessa, I know you didn't ask me, but I feel like adding on my personal one. So like, I'm always like this person that's uh, basically an open book. Like I always tell my friends, like I wear my heart on my sleeve. You can basically read and understand me. So I'm actually very interested to see whether I truly am a vulnerable person, which segues wow. into my interesting part. We are going to actually try to play, but honestly, with a little bit of a rule change. So here we go. But honestly, recess edition. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. Okay. So I already picked out a few questions. Um, okay. Because there's some that you have to pay physically. Um, so I think that's like mostly questions that okay from our deck. So the first one, so we have three levels. Let me just explain very quickly. Three levels, level one, level two, um, and level three. And as it goes um higher, then it gets more deeper and more mm -hmm. like questions are more, you know, require more vulnerability. All right. So um I think we can all answer. Since it's usually like you speak the card and then you answer, but you can all answer the same question. Okay. First one. Have your parents ever tried to give you a sex talk? How did it go? I think uh, Celine can go first. <laughs> e, okay. I was about to say like a ladies first, but there's only one guy here. So we should let the guy go first. But like, sure, I'll go first. Uh, no, my parents have never actually tried. Actually, I know. Can't think of it. My mom did try to give me the sex talk by giving me a book on pregnancy and birth. And like... That's that, very I, indirect. Yeah, I was very and young. Very I think I was scared of it. But after that, I think halfway through, she decided this wasn't a good idea. So none of my parents just talked to... None of my parents talked to me about sex. But then I'm always like a person that believes in education. So I ended up, um, I think it was like form three, form four. I learned about sex on my own on Google and things like that. So then by the time we were in like late high school, I was like the sex consultant in my class to the point that I'm not even joking. Like anyone in my high school will remember this. For my high school oral, my topic for half an hour, by the way, my English oral examination was why students should be allowed to have sex. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Oh my god! And that's still one of my yeah, proudest achievements. Give you a clap for this, right? <laughs> Real. Wow. wow. Okay. So cool that like you took it into your own hands. And, like, oh yes, very yeah. much so. It's still one of my crowning achievements. I think my parents know that I know a lot about sex, but they just don't want to think about it, and I don't mention it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, Castle, how about you? Sex. <laughs> I think for me, like, no. I, me and my parents, we are really close and they are like those pretty like open-minded Asian parents that you can do whatever you want. You don't have to become a doctor or a lawyer as long as you do something that makes you happy. But we never actually had this conversation before. And I think I had this conversation with my sisters only recently, like I'm 26 now, and we only start to talk about it. So yeah, my family, no. We don't talk about it with my parents. Yeah. Yeah. For me, for me too, we've, I've never had the sex talk, but my dad has set me and my brothers down and talk about porn and how like, that's not good. <laughs> like don't watch porn. Okay. Right. So I was like, kind of, kind of like a glimpse of it. But it was super awkward. I was there. I was like, <laughs> what the heck? I, I, I really like don't know what porn is since I was really young you know I was like I mean I know what it was but I never like watched you know so I was like how are you talking about this is so weird it was so uncomfortable yeah <laughs> well um one of the, all of you said no and some of you said yes uh for mine it's like occasionally right but we didn't come 
sit down. You know, and, <laughs> and then you just start talking about like you get our brothers, our two brothers, older brothers, yeah. and then he always said that like, Devin, you're gonna get the, uh, be the first one to get married. I don't know why, but he always says that, right? So he he kept like you know, it's always a teaching moment from him, right? Uh, I truly, uh, I I I'm grateful for him, right? Definitely, but he's always like. It's always teaching, I mean, you know, if teaching goes on and on, you feel like it's nagging, right? So, um, yeah, occasionally we do talk about it, right? He says, oh, you know, don't don't get into trouble. You don't, yeah, those things. Uh, just teach and teach and teach. And did did he just, teach you about protection yeah. then? Like wear a condom? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always on the moral principles and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's try question number two. All right. What is the best compliment you've ever received? Mm, okay. Let, well, I feel like this is really like playing with like four strangers. Like, yeah. this is, wow. <laughs> like, right. So, let's get yeah. to know each other. Talk about yourself. You have to talk about sex. <laughs> okay, let's go yeah. the other way. Devin, you go first. Yeah, um, I would say just yesterday, uh, I was I was actually going to church. I went to church yesterday and one of these pastors, he's one of the singers up there. And he came in and, and we were just chatting outside, right? And he, he gave me a nudge and he's like, Devin, you look good today. I'm like, whoa. Like, you know? <laughs> like, like, you? Me? Like, uh, you know? So uh, I, I would say yesterday, yes, it was the best. I was smiling all the way. I was actually thinking of it when I was driving back home too. So I was very, very happy. <laughs> yes, that's my best. So cute. <laughs> yeah, I witnessed it. I was there and he was like, he was laughing like he was beaming, you know. He's changed, cha- his face changed completely. He was so happy. <laughs> so funny. Um, I think for me, I always share the same story, but when I was younger, um, I used to like be a part of this youth, youth group. And so I would, like, I would like help out a lot in this youth group. Um, and there was some people visiting and I was like, we went to a coffee town like after, you know, we were just like chilling. And I was like, cause we were sharing food. So I would like serve everyone the food. And then um, someone, one of the visitors was like, oh, you, su- you have such a servant heart. And you are such a rare, like you never, no one ever really says something like that. So it really struck me. Um, and it meant a lot to me because I was like, oh, someone was acknowledging like how I served others. Yeah, yeah. that's so beautiful. Um, I think for me, it's like when people used to, uh, they would often bring up the same thing and they would say that it's so awkward, like just talking about something good about myself on the podcast. But <laughs> they say like, I'm a good connector, like because I love um, socializing people and connecting my friends together, like friend A and friend D, they have no interest in common, but I just like to bring everyone together and have a dinner party at home. And I love that, like just connecting people and seeing like conversations and uh, relationships birth forth. And I think, yeah, that's one of the best compliments ever because I love friends and I love connecting with people. That's what gives me life. So when I can bring the same thing to the other people, like it really makes me happy. Yeah. That's so good. For me, I think it's organizing. So um, my best compliment is when people say that I'm good at planning things, whether it's events or um, stuff like that. So I, I think it's really interesting how we all have like very different answers. Okay, so last round of questions. Let's just dive into the deep end and do the ones from the most difficult deck. Just one set of questions for all of us and then the time constraints, unfortunately. And also we want to keep people on the hook too so they get the deck for themselves to try out. All right, let's do it. All right, so this is a level three question. Um, when was a time you felt you were not good enough? On second thought, can we go back to the level one? <laughs> she was so good. All the time. <laughs> what are you talking about? Imposter syndrome. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I think like imposter syndrome is something I'll talk about. Does anyone feel that? 
all the time. Like I just went out with my friends and they all feel the same thing. And I feel like you're such a good artist. You're such a good, I don't know, corporate person. But why do you feel like you don't deserve this? And I feel, yeah, imposter syndrome, it sucks. (laughs) But yeah. Especially for like young people in the workforce, I think, because we're so new. Yeah. Exactly. But I, I kind of feel like a lot of the times my friends who have imposter syndrome are those that I can really see that they are very, very capable. And those mm. friends who think they're really good and don't have imposter syndrome, those are the people I'm like, <laughs> need a reality check. <laughs> but that's just me. Okay. Um, a time when I felt I wasn't good enough. I think the latest one was probably bar school where I legit thought I was going to fail and like everyone around me is like super amazing and accomplished. I'm like, oh my God, I think I'm going to fail bar school. I'm not going to be a lawyer. And I, I don't know. So that was probably the worst mental place yeah Kes wow this is so real um I think maybe we'll just talk something about the podcast because we launched this podcast I think a few months ago and we were like oh we're not sure if the Malaysians are ready uh, what are we going to talk about do anyone cares about opinions if we introduce people do people even want to listen to a 20-minute podcast and I think it's just like all this like do I um Am I the person fit to carry these conversations? And I just feel like, yeah, sometimes I would have thoughts like this. But the more we do it, the more we share these stories. And I love that we get to connect. For example, like today, we connect so well. And to share your story, I think, um, yeah, it makes it go away and makes it feel worth worthwhile. Yeah. And I just want to say, like, the podcast is so great. Like, I was, like, looking at it and, like, I think you guys are doing such a killer job and really just, like, starting conversations that we need to hear, especially entrepreneurs. Like, it's very helpful. So, thank you for doing Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. So wait. So what about your times? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're just skipping it. Don't think you're saying thank you. They're trying to like dodge it. Thank you. Thank you. Let's end the Okay. We are catching you here. I'll go first. Uh. Um, so mine is uh, yeah, it's very, very real uh, on the, the teaching uh, role and what you guys are talking about workplace, right? Um, so I'm actually just two months into my teaching job. Uh, so literally every morning I wake up and I was really, really trying to get myself grounded again. Like, you know, who are you? You know, you are a good teacher, right? And just, you have to say that, affirm myself over and over again because I feel like, you know, I have, I, I feel like that I could have done more or I could have, you know, imparted more. I could have seen them grow in this certain way. and to be really honest, it hurts me a lot. Um, but I'm definitely growing. Yes, uh, it's just two months, so uh, it's not a year. So uh, yeah, definitely growing. Yeah, yeah. I I think teachers have um, yeah, the impact that they impart to their students really cannot is incomparable to their salary. I don't know because I was just watching a video from my professor this morning. He was saying like how um it changed their life, and then now their students are parents. Um. And just doing all this job, I just feel like teachers have such a great impact and just know that what you're doing, it's so amazing. And sometimes you just have to wake up and look yourself in the mirror. You're a good teacher. You're enough. You just have to say these affirmations to yourself to keep it going. And there's no shame in that. Just keep on going. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) That was so sweet. Um, I think, yeah, let's wrap it up. I think when I was in uni, because before I went to uni in high school, I was very, um, I was very like a, extra overachiever you know I, I always did well in school I was in all these co-curricular activities and then when I was in uni I was like a small fish in a big pond and I couldn't accept it you know I wasn't used to not um, having all these like accomplishments or not doing as well as I used to and so I really doubted myself work like who, who am I if I don't have all these accomplishments um, and then I, I had to learn you know it took, a, it took many years it took like three four years to realize that that doesn't define me um, and so it, it was yeah, pretty dark moment of my life. But I mean, you grow from it, like, you learn from it. Yeah. 
I love how we can like literally see all of us opening up and we're like getting more and more comfortable progressively throughout the podcast. And I am sure it has been accelerated by the But Honestly cards. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show today. It was really amazing listening to what you guys have to say. And thank you for sharing your stories and secrets as well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having us. Really good conversations. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you. And if you listener are interested in getting the cards, then please do follow them on their social medias and they will have their website launching next year. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Take care of your mental health. Have honest conversations with the people around you. Spread the love and spread the joy. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and we will see you in the next one. Bye.